welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, semi-special edition, uh, as you may have heard from the previous episode, was driving Lily uh, to my brother Eric's house for a few days to hang with her uh, nieces and or her her cousins, my nieces and nephews, her cousins. Um, and so I'm now driving home solo. Um, and figured, hey, I got some time on my hands. We'll uh, we'll have ourselves a little podcast. So welcome to the uh, the the party as we uh, cruise along in the evening uh, through the uh, twisty country roads of uh, Rayland, Ohio. A um, couple of topics that uh, got brought up there at the tail end uh, of that cast that uh, warrant some uh, some expansion, I suppose. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get into that. Um, made mention of Square Pizza, um, which is um, what we refer to as a, uh, it's a particular sort of style of pizza that seems to be, in my experience, only found uh, in the Ohio Valley area for, for reasons I can't fathom but this is the only place where I've uh, encountered it. Um, and I call it square pizza because the pizza itself is cut into squares, um, but it's not so much the shape that is the, the important feature of the pizza. Uh, it's more a side effect, I guess, um, but it's, it's, it's really the style of pizza uh, that they make here. Um, so uh, growing up, there was a, a pizza, pizza place uh, in my hometown uh, of Martinsbury, Ohio, um, that uh, it's it the way it's made is different than, than normal pizza. What, you know, for lack of a better word, normal pizza. Uh, you know, for your average pizza, you take your dough, you you make a round, you know, flat shape. You put it down there. You throw your sauce in. You throw on your toppings. You put it in the oven. Uh, you cook it up. Slice it into you know. Um, wedges or what have you and you know eat it up tasty yum and and I do not mean to besmirch that style of pizza I enjoy that pizza very much um but uh the the pizza I speak of uh the place the the place where I first encountered it uh here here in the valley uh was a place called De, De Carlos um and now there there's De Carlos there's a place called Zontini's which is where we get it nowadays um, and Eric and I were just talking about this. Uh, there are apparently a few other places in the area uh, that have pizza like this. Uh, but again, I've never encountered it anywhere else outside of the valley, which is which is kind of weird to me. Um, but what's different is uh, it's made on uh, trays, um, large rectangular sort of trays, um, and. What they do that's different is they, you know, roll the dough out onto these trays, um, and I believe they put sauce, some sauce into it at that point, and then it goes into the oven, just like that, um, until it, you know, until the, the, the crust cooks, um, and when the crust is, is done, and it's a, it's a very nice, uh, crunchy sort of crust, uh, when they pull it out, um, they may put more sauce on it, I think, at that point. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, they, at that point, put the toppings on. 
uh, you know, your pepperoni, your cheese, your, your what have you, and then slice it into squares, and it goes into, you know, cardboard boxes and, you know, is, is you know, sold to you, the, the end customer. Um, and, like, just the heat from the, the pizza, you know, being fresh out of the oven, uh, you know, kind of heats, heats the, uh, the toppings and sort of melts the cheese, but it's not the same as if you put cheese on it and then put it in the oven and it was melted in the oven. Um, and like I said, the way they do the crust gives it a very, very specific sort of consistency and crunch, uh, that's different than what you, you find, um, in standard pizza. Um, and like I said, it, it's, it's, it's something that I, I, you know, I grew up with, uh, you know, we, it was, it was, you know, the pizza shop was, you know, the, there was one in, in Martin's Ferry. I want to say there was one in Yorkville, uh, which is a town just down the road a little bit. There might've been a couple of other ones. I, I don't remember. I, we always just went to the Martin's Ferry one. Um, and it's, uh, it's just always been there as an option. Um, it's one of those places where you can go in and you can buy it by the slice if you want. Uh, or you can buy it by like the half tray or the tray. Um, and it's just, it's been, it's, it's, it's just always been available, uh, you know, growing up, uh, out, you know, hanging out outside of DiCarlo's was, you know, a thing to do when you were a teenager. Um, you know, it was one of the, you know, local hangouts. Uh, which now that I think of it is a little weird, um, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't recall DiCarlo's having like a, a seating area. Like it was a pizza joint, it was a restaurant, but it wasn't ever a, uh, like it wasn't like a sit down restaurant. It was like you walk in, order your stuff, they hand you your pizza, you walk out and take it elsewhere. Um, so there really wasn't anywhere to hang out inside kind of hung out outside and around the pizza place, uh, which seems odd. Uh, and the other thing is, is that the original DiCarlo's location in Martin's Ferry was directly across the street from, a, I guess we'll call it the city building. It was like where the, the, you know, the, I don't can't even remember if we had a mayor. I feel like we had a town council. I don't know. Uh, city manager, whatever. The building where all of that business took place, uh, which also was where the police station was. It was like one of those all-in-one buildings because it's a small town. Um, and like I said, in retrospect, it seems weird that a bunch of teens would hang out outside directly across the street from a cop shop. But whatever, it worked for them. Uh, you know, I wasn't one that normally was one of the ones hanging out. Uh, I was normally at somebody's house, you know, playing D&D &D or what have you. Um, but it was, like I said, it, it was always sort of a fixture. Um, and the pizza itself was, was tasty. And, you know, it, you, if you were having some sort of get-together, uh, be it a party or, you know, just a bunch of guys getting together to do a thing, um, I'm not saying that's the only place we got pizza, but it was one of the main spots where you would get pizza. Um go there at lunchtime and get a slice or two, uh, you know, when you're at school or, or what have you. Uh, it was just, it was just always around. Um, the local convenience store, they used to take, uh, the pizza and 
like, it wasn't, I mean, it was cut, it was still a square, but it was basically the equivalent of, like, four normal slices you would get in the, in the, in the store, all together, like, it was a larger square, um, that they'd, like, put on a piece of cardboard, wrap in cellophane, and you could buy for, like, a buck at the local convenience store, take home, throw in your oven for a handful of minutes and have it, um, when I was in school, the, you know, for school lunches, I, I want to say Friday was pizza day, and it was DiCarlo's Pizza. Um, it was just ubiquitous. It was everywhere. Um, you know, and uh, so it's just the thing I grew up with. It's the thing I came, came to enjoy, and it, it kind of falls into that category of, you know, you, you don't know what you've lost till it's gone. Uh, in that, you know, when I, you know, went away to, to Akron for school, you know, this didn't exist. I mean, obviously there were pizza places and all sorts of various ways you could get pizza in different styles and what have you, but they didn't have, you know, what I traditionally considered, you know, square pizza, um, the DiCarlo's, uh, style pizza. Um, but you know, I came home often enough and it's okay. That's, that's, that's weird. You know, whatever. Went to the Navy, this did not exist. Went to Florida, no one, you know, this is just not a way people do pizza anywhere else. Um, and so when I eventually, you know, came back to the Valley, um, you know, that was one of the first things on the on the list. Like, I gotta get me some pizza. Um, I gotta me some DiCarlo's. Um, sadly, when I first got here, I found out that DiCarlo's had uh, burned down was torn down, demolished, was, you know, um, the building was condemned. In any case, the original DiCarlo's no longer existed. Um, and that made me sad until someone said, oh, but there's a place called Zontini's. It's exactly the same pizza. Uh, it's just a different name. It's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to get me a bunch of that. And now, thank you. Uh, which I did. Um, and it's fantastic. And in fact, that is, uh, I just had, uh, seven slices of it, uh, earlier, which may or may not have been a good choice, uh, in retrospect, uh, that's a lot of pizza, um, but super worth it, um, good, good stuff, um, like I said, I don't know why it's not available anywhere else, but there you have it, um, and like I said, if I, just saying square pizza to someone, uh, sounds like a weird thing to say kind of out of the blue um, as there are plenty of places that will you know, give you a pizza that is either square in shape or cut into squares uh, just wanted to elaborate that it's not necessarily, you know the square shape that makes it special it's the, the style of pizza um, it just happens to be square and, you know, my, fa my family we refer to it as square pizza um since, since, uh, you know, I've gotten together with Abby and the girls, you know, and they've come in and I've introduced them to it and they, they can, you know, attest to, yeah, they've never seen or heard pizza like that anywhere else either. So, um, it makes me sad. Uh, it would be nice if there were some venue, uh, you know, in Columbus where I live now that I could get that kind of pizza. But then again, it makes just for another nice thing to have, you know, when I'm home to be able to, you know, get some of that and reconnect to the homeland. Um, 
So that's the spiel on uh, Square Pizza for, for the none of you that asked, um, but I felt compelled to uh, expand upon that. So, uh, the other thing that was mentioned um, was the Yurtplex, um, or the, the campground, and so basically what that relates to is my, um, my unofficial retirement plan. Um, as has been mentioned on the cast previously, um, uh, Abby and I enjoy us some camping, um, and I guess just to, um, sort of clarify, um, when I say go camping, uh, we generally mean go, you know, to a campsite and, you know, pitch a tent and, you know, sleep in sleeping bags and have a, you know, cook over a campfire type of camping. Um, and I say that just to, uh, again, clarify, because there are different kinds of camping that people do. Um, and not, not to judge people for their choices and how they prefer to do things, uh, but, uh, to me, getting in an RV is not what I consider camping. Um, it's being in an RV and it's, you know, being away from home and it's, I'm sure it's, it's a good time. I've not done it. Um, I'm sure as I get older, that will become an aspect of what I do. Um, but that's not what we prefer to do at present. Um, also, you know, the, on the other end of the extreme are the folks who, you know, everything must get into the backpack. We are going to go out into the absolute wilderness where there is nothing to be had, uh, and pitch a tent and live completely independently of anything civilized. Uh, that's the other sort of end of the range, um, that I think is interesting and wouldn't necessarily mind trying, but is not what we, you know, necessarily are talking about when, when Abby and I are talking about going camping. Um, all that to say that we enjoy our, you know, tent camping adventures, uh, you know, as we've traveled, you know, across the country and, and had our fun, uh, a good bit of that has been done, you know, via camping, we'll drive a hell of a long way, get to a campsite, you know, put up our tent, cook over a fire, sleep, wake up in the morning, break camp, hop in the car, drive a hell of a long way, I mean, we've gone, you know, zigzagged across the country several times that way. Um, and as we've done so, um, we've been to a lot of campsites. Um, some of them have been, uh, you know, part of the national parks, uh, or, or, you know, national forest or some other, um, you know, facility run by the parks service, um, that has a campground that is, you know, they're, they, they tend to be pretty, pretty, uh, cheap all told uh you know here's a spot give us you know 20 bucks and you can you know pitch your tent and there's a a, a ring for you to put your campfire in and you know you can do your thing and 20 bucks a night's a pretty good rate um you know you're you could pay three times that amount to be in a really 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 crappy hotel that that kind of scares the children uh or you can spend you know 20 bucks and camp and it's it's pretty fantastic um I can't remember this specifically where it was, but there have been campgrounds on national parks, etc., that were, like, free. Like, just come, 
you know, there's like a tip jar kind of thing. You can leave what you want. Uh, you know, others have been, you know, various amounts of money. Um, in some of the more popular uh, national parks, uh, particularly during the busy season, you oftentimes have to book them ahead of time, and sometimes they cost a little bit more. Um, but it's always uh, very affordable and very worth it. Um, we've also stayed at, you know, private campgrounds, uh, you know, privately owned uh, facilities that are, you know, near to some attraction or, or what have you, um, that are also still pretty affordable. Um, and it's a good time. And because we've been to a bunch of different ones, we've seen a bunch of different ways that things have been done, different facilities, the way things have been set up. Um, and, you know, we've kind of made sort of mental note of, you know, things that we've liked, things that we didn't care for. Uh, you know, if we ever had a campground, I would, you know, do this or I would have it that way. Um, and so that's been kind of in the back of our minds. And there was a thought of, you know, it would be kind of neat if we had a campground someday. Uh, you know, given that we enjoy this, um, it would be nice to to have, to operate a campground. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, you obviously you have to, you know, spend the money to get the land and, you know, turn it into a proper campground with facilities and so forth. Um, but outside of that and just basically maintaining the grounds and the facilities, there's really not a lot of work to that, which is why I say this is sort of the retirement plan. You know, we get some land, put a campground on it, keep it up, you know, and just sort of man the counter, you know, where people, you know, pay us a handful of dollars to stay the night and just make sure, you know, they don't burn it to the ground or wreck the joint. Um, everybody has a good time right on. Um, that's, that's, that's sort of the plan. Um, the reason, uh, I often refer to it as the Yurtplex is a number of years ago, uh, I want to say it was fairly early in, uh, Abby and I's relationship. Um, she sort of turned me on to the idea of yurts. Um, and for those of you who may not know what a yurt is, um, it is the, it's a round, it's a, it's sort of a round structure, uh, with a, with a, with a roof, um, picture, if you will, something sort of like a circus tent, I guess, but small scale, um, with, you know, it's, it's round in shape with walls that are, you know, straight up and down, um, and then an angled roof, um, that kind of comes up to a, a, a point, um, Typically, yurts, uh, the center of the roof is open uh, because you build a you can build a campfire in the middle of the thing so the smoke can escape. Um, they originated, um, you know, back um, in you know with the Mongols, uh, you know, um, Genghis Khan and such. Um, that's what they would would rock um, when they were going about the countryside. Um, the walls themselves are, are sort of latticed wood that can collapse into a small thing or you can, you know, put it up and expand, um, and make sort of a cross hatching in a big circle, um, in which you then drape canvas over for the walls, um, and then you put a, you know, a, a, a roof over it, uh, like a tent. Um, and 
um, you know, aside from the uh, use in, you know, older, olden times um, by Genghis Khan and the Mongols, uh, you know, as a structure, it's still, you know, a, a very viable thing. Um, and you can get, you know, modern yurts. Um, you know, they sell them. Um, you can, you know, there, there's, you can get them sort of prefab. Um, and they are like stupid cheap. Um, I can't remember the prices offhand. It's been many a year since we looked at it, but like somewhere between five and 10 grand, you can get a yurt that you can throw up, uh, you know, pretty easily that is sturdy and workable. And, you know, obviously depending on, you know, where you put it climate wise, uh, you know, um, and there are a lot of things that people can do with yurts nowadays. Uh, you know, you put it, you, if you're looking to use it, you know, sort of as a place to live rather than just as like a tent, a temporary thing, you know, you can put down a foundation and you can get, you know, really nice stuff for the walls and, you know, put in like flooring and all, all kinds of stuff to make them really nice. Um, go on the internet, search for your Y-U-R-T, um, and you'll, you can find some pictures of some, some pretty nifty things, um, that, that can happen there. And I guess what I should say is that, uh, you know, Abby and I, uh, we are, uh, folks who are frugal, um, we, we, we enjoy life, we enjoy life, um, a lot of times in a lot of simpler fashion than a lot of our, our peers do. Um, we've never been ones to, you know, to long for the giant house with all of the, in, you know, crazy expensive, um, you know, things. We're, 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 we're more fond of sort of simpler living, uh, just inherently. Um, Abby's got a great sense of style and, and, uh, design and, and ways to decorate things, but, uh, you know, our, our condo isn't tiny, but it's not, you know, ginormous either, but it is exactly, you know, it's exactly what we need, and it's exactly what we want, um, and so the idea for the two of us in our, you know, older years, when it's just the two of us, and there aren't, you know, the youngsters about, um, Throwing, you know, putting up a yurt, which is a very simple sort of one-room structure that's got, you know, everything you need in it, um, is a thing that kind of appeals to us. Uh, and the other thing is, is that with yurts being as simple and as um, cost-effective as they are, um, if you need more room, you can just throw up another yurt, is kind of our thought. Um, which is where the yurtplex uh, concept comes in to where, okay, we have, you know, a yurt that we've put together that is, you know, the sleeping yurt. And, you know, maybe we have another yurt that is, you know, Abby's, you know, sewing and crafting yurt. Uh, you know, Todd has a small yurt that's filled with all of his, you know, gaming materials and, you know, that's the war yurt or what have you. Um, as sort of a, you know, loosely interconnected cluster of little independent units 
um, that we can live in and have our things about in. So over time, this is sort of, you know, morphed and turned into, you know, we get a campground, um, <coughs> pardon me, um, we build a yurt or two for us to live in that are, you know, built as permanent structures rather than, you know, things that we're going to collapse and, and, you know, be nomads in, um, that we'll live in, um, set up sort of, you know, a, a, a you know, a central building or hub, um, that has your, your typical campsite facilities, uh, you know, your restrooms, your showers, your, the, the place where you, you know, you have your, your laundry machines, um, maybe it's got, you know, a little camp store where you can, you know, pick up your, you know, buy your firewood or your marshmallows or, you know, beers and sodas, you know, stuff that you normally see, you know, at a campground. Um, maybe it's got a nice, you know, big common room where people can come, you know, and, and play board games or, or hang out or whatnot. Um, you know, and then the rest of the land, you know, develop into small, you know, campsites, you know, places, you know, level areas where you can put your tent, uh, you know, picnic bench, uh, for each site, uh, you know, fire ring for each site, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a small shelter over the, the, uh, the picnic table in case it's raining or whatever, but just a nice, a nice little, little environment for people to come, uh, camp in, come pitch their tents, uh, you know, and maybe we set up a few extra yurts that if someone wants to, you know, try out the yurt experience, they can, you know, rent a yurt for a night or two or for a week for their vacation. Instead of pitching their own tent, there's a yurt there that's ready and they can enjoy. Um, sort of a thing. Um, and so that's, you know, when, when Lily, you know, is asking, you know, earlier about long-term plans, um, that's kind of a thing I wouldn't mind doing, uh, in my, you know, older years. Um, and something that I, you know, definitely need to start looking into the logistics of and figuring out how that would work and what we need to do to make that happen. Um, so that it doesn't just stay, you know, this sort of mythical idea of something in the future, but, you know, to start to turn that into a reality. Um, cause really, um, it's, it's something that we've referred to as sort of our retirement plan, but, um, really once the girls are out of school and are away, there's really nothing stopping us from doing that now. I mean, obviously where I work, you know, I couldn't do both that and this, uh, but you know, if, uh, I, you know, make a go of writing and am able to be moderately successful there. You can write anywhere. Um, you know, Abby is, you know, doing freelance design anywhere that she's got a workspace and an internet connection, she can work. Um, you know, so, um, there's really nothing stopping us from getting started on that any sooner than later. Um, other than ourselves and just not acting on it. I, I intend to start looking into that a little more seriously um, as time goes by because let's face it, I'm not getting any younger and time certainly isn't moving any more slowly uh, as we get on uh, <laughs> in years. So, um, 
But if you were wondering what we were talking about when we were, you know, when I mentioned, you know, the campsite, the yurtplex, or however it is I referred to it in that uh, previous episode, that's uh, that's what I was referring to. I thought I would uh, expand on that uh, for you. So now that I've, uh, you know, filled in those gaps, um, I think now's as, as good a time as any to, uh, to call it good. So, um, thank you all for joining me once again. Uh, I hope you all have a fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, or night, uh, whichever may be appropriate to the time in which you're listening to this. Um, and until next time, I hope you have a good one. And that's it.